1: Step-back three from the top. Got it! Got it! Giannis ties the game and becomes the Bucks' all-time leading score on one stroke. It's been a 50-year journey. Wisconsin, we've got a room at the top of the world tonight. The
0: Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions.
1: I play basketball. And win. And win? Yeah. Oh my
2: god. Six. We're going, to be, we're going to win a six. Hello and welcome to episode 377 of the Win in Six podcast, proudly a part of the Euroset Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast family. I'm your host Adam McGee and joining me as always, it's my good friend, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. And also join us, making this a GSPN crossover is the host of the Eurostep, Ty Windish. Hello, Ty. Welcome back.
3: Hello. What a joyous occasion as we record this on Friday morning.
2: Yeah, joyous occasion. Big day for the Milwaukee Bucks. Biggest day of the season so far. I think that's probably fair to say. Uh, From here, things will start to look a little bit different, feel a little bit different. I guess we'll talk and think about the team in a different way too. But before we get into all of that, Dish, we've been running a giveaway mm. for listeners only for listeners. If you're not listening to this, you don't know about it. And that's, that's how we're keeping it. So why don't you let people in if they've been listening to Eurostep recently, they should be on top of this already, but just in case, just in case there's any, any people out there who will only take their books content from Jordan and I, which is mean, good, good for them. The good for them. Sorry, snobs for, snobs sorry for, sorry for the, the two week break. Um, <laughs> Tell tell people what we've got going on, what they can win, and how they can win it.
3: Yeah, we're trying to make it easy. And as Adam said, it's only for listeners. All the time you see podcasts, podcasters, we've done this in years past, you blast out the giveaway to social, not everyone who follows us listens. Most of the people who follow us don't listen. And we wanted this giveaway to be for the true Eurostep winning six and all GSPN listeners. But it is a Bucks-related item. We've got a Wisconsin Herd team signed basketball i think it's from last season we're still working to confirm exactly when but we are giving this thing away rohan and i actually won it at the herd draft party when they got joe wieskamp uh and didn't feel right winning a thing kind of there as media we were there as media so we're giving it away to a listener all you've got to do if you haven't already join the gspn discord this used to be through a google form would get you in we made it even easier go to gspn.info click the discord access button. You join the discord. If you don't have discord, it's free. It's like Slack, super easy to use. And we have a bunch of people chatting in there during Bucks games during the world cup now is picking up brewers, Packers, all the stuff. Uh, it's a really cool little community. We're all in there as well. Uh, Jordan pops in to drop a pun every so often people drop a tomato reaction to it. It's great. And then there is a giveaway channel in the discord. All you gotta do is join. Put in there your favorite GSPN memory or recurring bit, whatever it is. So drop that in there. I'm putting little green check emojis on the ones that um, we're saying are qualified as entries. And in about two weeks, two and a half weeks, we will announce the winner and mail you this herd basketball that you can proudly display. And we're not going to let Rohan sign it, which he has signed stuff he's given away before. We're not letting him sign this one. So no worries. What what did Rohan sign? I believe Rohan signed a copy of Mirren Fader's Giannis book.
2: Wow, that is true. Yeah, that is yep. true. I remember this. That this. was a request, though. Am I like, being fair to him? I think it was a request. That?
3: I, I, I think it was, but for it's the more joke, fun. let's
4: <laughs> not make
3: that. Yeah. it's more fun to imagine <laughs> like Rohan the, like just like the time grasping where... at this thing, like no,
4: <laughs> like the time where Fader's we, we had about a...
3: <laughs> 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 nobody wants Mamu. They want Rohan.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly
2: just well he wouldn't go to the open tryouts I mean we wanted him to go and he could have been on the yeah. team he could have got well, the, the problem sign.
3: is I, I don't like this bit because he keeps saying if Ty does it I'll do it and I, I really oh, don't okay. want to do it I think he's a better hooper than me he's better at everything than me it's wow. science math all these things but <laughs> um outros for sure um but we'll see maybe maybe by next year I'll be confident enough to be the foolish media member in the herd open tryouts if Rohan does it
2: Oh, got to the hit the gym every day. You got to be working on your game to, to prepare for it.
3: Yeah, no, just you know, getting better every day.
2: All but right, yeah, that's the giveaway. So to enter, enter to the recap, giveaway. yeah, to recap, to make it really simple for the giveaway, if you're not already a member of our Discord, go to gspn.info, go to the Discord link. When you join the Discord, you then go to the giveaway channel in there. You drop your favorite GSPN pod memory. I mean, some people, it's something very specific for a podcast. For others, it's something more personal to them. It's like something that's tied to their experience of listening to or just even some playback stuff in there. Whatever it is, drop it in there and you're entered. That's it. Ty will come along with a check emoji you'll know you're in and we'll wait and see who wins. All right. Chris Milton is making his return for the Milwaukee Books on Friday night against the Los Angeles Lakers, live on ESPN, Pfizer Forum, Darvin Ham returning to Milwaukee. A lot of stuff happening. How excited are you, Jordan?
4: Very excited. Welcome back, Darvin. You get a full-strength Milwaukee Bucks team that is going to beat your Los Angeles Lakers. That is what is (laughs) uh, strategic or not... um, it's just funny that uh they're coordinating uh darvin's comeback or or homecoming i should say uh with chris coming back it's very exciting this is this is what we have been waiting for for i mean since the news that he was going to miss the start of the season and 20 games in your bucks are 15-5 and second in the east they did, they did their job without chris i mean there is some certainly some um hitting some rocky waters, of course, between podcasts um, for win six. But, like, for the most part, they got through it pretty unscathed. People are getting healthy as much as, you know, you look at the injury report and guys are in and out every night. But mostly anywhere to tear stuff is kind of gone at this point, like Weston Matthews or Drew is out for a couple games with an ankle, Giannis missed games. Like, I think what is the – there was a stat to – bucks have the second most man lost games behind the magic this year which if you're ranking right behind the magic in injuries or games lost like that is kind of saying something um and they're and still second is, in the east and only one loss back in the Yeah, you're, yeah, you're second in man games lost and second in the east so it's, it it certainly um speaks to the defense and the depth that the monkey Bucks have, um, and uh, yeah, I just—I mean, it's who I can't help but be excited to see Chris Middleton play since it has been what seven months, eight months, nearly no seven months. Let's go around there since you last played an NBA game.
3: Hi, I'm thrilled. I'm trying to find. I shared somewhere now. I can't find it the stat of how little we've seen the Bucs core four together over the last two years. I mean, it was opening night against Brooklyn last season ring night. And then not until March when Brooke came back, Brooke doesn't. And I was looking through, it's not just like the number of games Brooke played. Cause there's a lot of games in there. Giannis sits out a game. Mm-hmm. Drew holiday sits out two games, Chris sits out a game. And then of course, Chris goes out, you know, some permanently until now, in the the bulls series pretty er earlier than i remembered in the bulls series i think it's game two pretty early in game two in that so yeah so it's been i think less than 20 total games that we've seen the bucks best four players the four pillars of the organization actually play together and you know i mean it sounds like less time than it actually is in nba terms but in what like 14 months or whatever it is whenever that ring night was because the schedule was so messed up then But it's been pretty wild how long we've just had to be used to not having one of these guys. And it really just makes you appreciate, like, you know, I think everyone talks about injuries are always a role in the playoffs and the finals and all that. I don't think it really, I don't think I really understood that, like truly viscerally understood that until watching Milwaukee Bucks basketball for the last 12, 14, whatever it is, months. Oh my goodness, I can't wait to see those four guys together. I mean, you know, there's talk about should, Javon starts, Grayson start, Pat, whatever. Fine conversations. We'll get into it. No disrespect to any of those guys. I want to see those four together. That's really what I want to see. It's been so long. We watched these guys win a championship together. They built this, well, you know, Drew came a little later, but they built this Budenholzer era, made it a championship team. Beyond excited. Like, I just can't wait. Uh, I think I just didn't think about Chris a lot. Not because I was, like, wasn't like, was excited to see him back, but it's like a coping mechanism. Yeah, Same thing Joe I'm doing Ingles with like. Ingles. Yeah, Brock. yeah, he doesn't exist. People keep saying, and Joe, when I put out what the Bucks' rotation looks like right now, it's like, no, 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 just trust me. Just don't think about it until we get the report that he's back. And even then, let's make sure he's good. Um, I don't feel that way about Chris. Now that Chris is probable to play officially, um, I'm all in. He'll look good enough for me.
2: We we have had a report on Joe Ingle's return date, but we'll get to that later in the podcast. Um, yeah, I think to your point, I we watched these guys go and win a championship together and we really haven't got to see a sustained run of play where they're all together since. Like, that is crazy. It's not something... I mean, we all felt Brooks' absence pretty keenly last year, but there is a lot of those kind of, oh, well, brief spell where they are all healthy in a game this year or there where you don't think about, you don't forget, but to not just have Chris, obviously Pat's missed time recently. So we're going to get those four guys plus Pat plus Bobby. Like that's your, your championship core of guys who are still in this roster the guys who have already staked their claim in the franchise's history, getting to watch them go out and compete together is going to be a lot of fun. And as to the point of, you know, second time to the magic in terms of uh, games lost to injury or, players lost injury whatever way that was broken down it'd be nice I think the books are it doesn't work like this it's nice to at least think it might I feel like they're they're do some good fortune on the injury front they've had a an up and down kind of couple of years in that even in the championship season there were moments where we certainly had some scares we know we had a scare in uh, the conference finals and you've got a lot of people battling through a lot of stuff yes this is all part and parcel of the nba but every now and then a team does get a clean break where they get to be themselves and maybe the Bucks are in a position to get that i really hope so because first and foremost it's just going to be a lot of fun to see this team function in the way they're designed to but then there are other elements too and it goes back to last year i remember us talking about grayson and we're still all very much in a place of grayson He's playing pretty well. He's having a decent season, but where do we feel he fits long term with the books? Where do the books feel he fits? Well, last year, we spent most of the the season being like, maybe it looks different when Brooke is there and he's playing with like, what is the book's best lineup? And then we didn't even get that much of that. Chris goes down. He ends up taking on more than we'd like to see at times in the playoffs. We might finally get to see, for example, him take some minutes, where there's a balance there, where it's like, oh, you are just a shooter. I know we did a game on playback the other night and we are talking about, oh, he's he's doing some more Kyle Korver stuff. He's just kind of running off the ball, running off screens, catch and shoot. That's the kind of player that Chris being back and Brooke being there and Drew and Giannis should free him up to be. So maybe we see a better version of him. Maybe like the re- the fully realized version the books imagined when they traded for him, which we haven't really had a chance for any meaningful period of time. Even someone like Javon, And Javon, with his stock rising and the player he's becoming for the team, what does Javon look like within the Bucks' best lineups? Like, if he's going to take his place in that, if he's going to hold the starting spot, how does he mesh with Chris? What does that do? Does it give him more wide-open shots? And he's been shooting pretty well. Uh, All of that is really interesting to me. And then, yes, down the line, we may well have the bonus of Joe Ingalls coming and adding something completely different. So... I guess the first place to go to here, and I'll tell you guys where I'm at, how I'm feeling about this, and we'll see We'll see if you agree or what you're actually expecting from Chris. Because let's be very, very fair to Chris, first and foremost. He's been out six to seven months. Um, I think he himself has said he was pretty much a full six months without basketball activities. Goes down the Bulls series uh, with an MCL injury in his left knee has off-season surgery on his left wrist. Um, What was that? A torn scaphaloonate ligament? Is that right? Has Rohan pronounced that yet, Ty? Do we have an official pronunciation from a medical expert? I have Um, no, no clue. Tore that in his left wrist. So he goes from rehabbing the MCL to rehabbing that. He has spoken pretty recently to Jim Arzarski of the Journal Central, saying his, his leg feels great. He feels like he's had a full off season to heal up his leg. It was then just about getting the wrist right, being able to ramp up basketball uh, activities. Then, sadly, the beginning of last month, his father passed away at the age of, I think it was 57. So, very, yeah. very young, a really key figure in Chris's life. People have been books fans for a while. We'll have certainly read interviews and profiles of Chris where his father and his family will factored in. We'll have seen him on book, at books games and on broadcasts, just a, a really important figure in Chris's life and someone who's been around the books a lot in recent years too. So he's gone through quite a lot of trauma, both physically and emotionally, since he last took to the court for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he's probably going to look really rusty, like anyone would after this kind of layoff. And um, we could see some of what we're seeing with Pat at the moment, which is the shot might not be there. He might just not have the touch that you'd expect to see or that he'll get as he gets back into rhythm. For me though, I think there's really simple things that him just being out there are going to open up. Uh, the offense has not been functioning all that well. It's like, well, can he run pick and roll with Giannis? Can we get some, some Chris Giannis pick and roll going again and just give him some simple offensive work where the onus isn't fully on him um but his presence is opening up more options yes i think he can do that and even just that to me is going to be enough for like two three weeks let's see him ramp up and if the books can keep playing as they are otherwise if the defense stays as good as it has been it's gonna be interesting to see him slot into that um and that may be a key factor in the grace and javon what the next move is I'm going to guess it's Javon because I don't think you're going to sacrifice his defense for Chris working his way back and leave Grayson in there. We'll see. But do you guys feel that's fair in terms of expectations? Do you expect anything different? I mean, maybe I'm being too cautious because his leg is well healed up where it's like maybe he's better than that. I mean, also, these things have frustrated us in the past. The books have really given him all of the time necessary, and they've taken a lot of care with this. I guess it's possible he could come out looking more ready than we expect.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I wanted to actually, something I thought I would never do, kind of throw a bone to the Bucks for the way they did this. It's in Jim's story, which is worth reading. I don't know if anyone else has gotten to talk to Chris this much yet about this, but Jim Ozarski's story in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is all about Chris coming back. Pretty published yesterday. So the timeline was November one. Chris is getting back and kind of adjusting to getting back. Mm-hmm. And like he talked about like not being conscious of the wrist, like just getting used to playing again, plus getting his conditioning because he wasn't able to go through camp, didn't have a normal offseason because of the injuries and everything else. his
2: first practice with the Herd. Yeah,
3: November 1 was his first practice with the Herd. The next day is when his father passes. And then he was away from the team, understandably so. Let me be very clear, this is not a criticism, until November 9th when he rejoined the team in Oklahoma City and then he began practicing again with the Bucks in the herd a couple weeks after that, after assuming kind of a smaller ramp-up. So it seems like, and, and Bud is stressed in, when asked about, you know, it's kind of about the ramp-up and getting him up to speed. It seems like that process was beginning and then got stalled for a bit because life happens, as I think we all know, and then almost had to restart in late November. And I think to what you said, Adam, the Bucks had no interest in saying, we we need you, Chris, just get out there. You'll be fine. Like they went down this with Brooke. They probably you know, they probably had Brooke out a little longer than, you know, maybe, I don't want to say necessary, but maybe then some teams would, I think they did the same with Chris. And I think also factoring in what he was going through off the court matters there too, but just, you know, I, I thought it was dumb at the time. Now it looks extra dumb. The people, you know, why isn't Chris out there is Chris skipping games. Like he had a good reason. Like let's, Let's trust Chris is a good decision maker, you know, and not not doing anti-Buck stuff. I, I think that I, was I also think
2: ridiculous. on on that side, because to be clear on that, because I've seen some of this, too. And I heart of me worries that we have fed into this because we were very critical of the books in Brooks time out. But I don't know if necessarily I don't think if everyone is necessarily taking that the right way or if people are forming their own ideas and taking it differently on that. We were very critical of the lack of information and the lack of messaging and the lack of updates. And I think that's pretty reasonable. I don't expect all the time the books to be step-by-step giving you every piece of information, but they were being beyond opaque with updates about Brook. They gave us very little. He's the team's center. We don't need any reminder of how important he is now that we're seeing him back. And he had a back injury and he's in his 30s. And it's like, yeah, if you don't think people want to know about that and that there might be some... Like, obligation to your fans to just give some breadcrumbs occasionally. I like that was what really annoyed us. It wasn't the fact that Brooke was being kept out as long as he was, because that's fine. Yeah, and ult- ultimately, we've seen, yeah, they may have taken two, three months longer. We don't know because they weren't telling us anything. <laughs> but the process involved in that was right because not only did he come back and look good pretty much right away last season, he looks great this season. So, yeah. That that's not something that I've ever had an issue with. I don't think any of us have, but we have been very critical of the books' just lack of information when it comes to injuries, when it comes to timelines. That doesn't have to be the day someone goes down that we're like we expect him back on this date. But I, I do think there is a way, and you see most teams just give, like, look, they're pretty soft, they're kind of mealy mounted but they give progress updates that have something to it that you're like, okay. We're not having to get to a place where we're like, is there a major setback? Which I think has happened in this case too. People start to speculate in a different way. It's like, are they not telling us something? I I, I don't know how
3: many messages I've seen of like, he's getting surgery. He's done. He he got a leg amputated. I know it. The books
2: books don't care about that. I kind of think they should care a little bit more because that also reflects on their players. And that is noise that could get back to players in a certain way. Um, But yeah, just on that, I do think that is worth noting the books have a very good track record of rehabbing players and doing it very, very well. Yeah. Um, Our problem tends to be, you know what? It's not a, like, it's not a Troy Flanagan. It's not coming from the conditioning or the medical team. It's a John horse messaging problem. It's the same thing we talk about when we come to draft. And it's like, it's the same reason they don't share who they work out anymore. This is who the books are as an organization. But I think that's, just worth highlighting because I have seen some of that with Chris, and it's like, I don't know. I felt it a lot less with this one than brooke Maybe in part that was because Brooks was a back injury, and it's his age. And you're just like, okay, well, this this really could be catastrophic. Like if it's lingering on and we're not hearing about it. Um, but I think it's just worth kind of making the distinction between those two things.
3: Yeah, and I think that the, the other distinction too that you that you mentioned there is like none of us are on GSPN have ever said Chris needs to get back this week, no matter Absolutely what not. Chris has taken too long. Like, no, that, and I've seen that out there. That's dumb. Like Chris should take the time. He needs to come back correctly. It's, I was going to say November, it's December now. And the bucks are 15 and five. Like they're fine. Like there's no need, you know, it would be much more detrimental to rush Chris back for November's game against the bulls that they ended up losing. Cause they didn't try all that hard anyway, and they should have been able to win without Chris versus which they did in the playoffs um, versus having a better Chris in in May and June. I think we're all well aware of that. So important distinction also with the Chris stuff, like I, I don't have a problem now with the way they handled it because I do think they weren't the most transparent. It was also like a difficult process. And I think I don't, I don't know if it would have been good for Chris knowing, especially how some bucks fans react to all things, Chris, if they were putting it out there, like, yeah, he just needs to get in basketball shape because of the connotation that can have, right? And and I think that is kind of what was happening for some of this process a little bit. And uh-huh. I just don't think putting it more
2: plainly than they put it would have been good. Like, uh, to this is possibly unkind. Like, if people are taking that anyway, other than the fact that he hasn't played basketball in six months, I, like, uh, yeah, to play I the NBA, you. you need to get in NBA game ready shape. Like if people think that's a reflection of Chris or would we'll take that another way, like they're they're morons. Like well, if you understand yeah. if you understand basketball at a basic level and you understand NBA professional basketball, this is not just like, oh, all my limbs feel fine. Let me go and play in the NBA. Like it's not what we're talking about here. You get trucked by a guy who's like 250 pounds and six nine and then all of a sudden your limbs won't feel OK and you're just not ready to go and play at that intensity at that level. Like, Do you think I, that's
3: why they kept sending Thanasis down with him so he could practice literally exactly what you just said?
2: But That honestly could be. I mean, Thanasis <laughs> go down and it's like, okay, Chris, you're not actually getting to go up against any herd guy. You're going to have Thanasis hound you up and down the floor. And Marjon. Um,
4: Welcome like, to the guillotine.
2: <laughs> um, Mar- Marzan did go down every time Chris did too, right? Like The three of them, yeah. They had that. That is probably intentional, that there is something designed there that like, okay, we're giving him really tailored work, as in we've got two books there with him. We've got two people who we feel are going to defend and pester him at an NBA level. There's maybe two no people on the books, Drew, it's probably the only other, where you're like, God, I don't want them draped over me defending like Tenassus would have fell the hell out. Of him. So that's that's interesting too. But like I I get what you're saying, and it is weird that like we have to consider Chris discourse. Chris Course, yeah. even we could call it Chris Course.
3: Wow, Jordan. How do you feel about Adam just totally moving in on your turf with that?
2: It's, this is what happens totally... after years of podcasts. This is, is just, true. Like biosmosis. <laughs> I, it's it's annoying that we have to even factor that in because it's whatever anyone thinks about. That's ridiculous. It's like, whenever you think about his game, anything beyond that, you're getting into just territory that I think is really, really silly.
3: Yeah. Like, that recovery, matter... recovery
2: has to be handled in a scientific manner, you know, which is what yeah. the books do. They put a lot of care and thought into this. And I don't know. I'm even trying to rack my brain for, like, what's the failure we can point to? Like what's the who, in recent years have the books pushed physically in a way where where there's and, only one Well, I think if you're going, it wasn't, you're going I don't think it was up back. to them, no, was, no, you, oh no, I'm Giannis. talking about
3: Giannis in the championship, I mean he shouldn't have played. I have no issue with it. he shouldn't
2: have played, no, he shouldn't have played, but he shouldn't have played, but he was, was also pretty able to play like i I don't understand <laughs> it still to this He's, day. Uh, uh do you guys
3: remember the doubtful pod Rohan and I did when the first yes. injury report dropped yes. after that game? Oh my goodness. Just doubtful? Was, doubtful he didn't play. That was for the Hawks series still. I think he would have if it went seven. But oh my god, like he shouldn't. But he, but he was he was structurally fine, right? When they did. No, he said after they had a brace built for him and he refused to wear it because it slowed him down. And he was like, One more fall and I would have been one more bad fall and I would have been done. And it's like, don't say that. It's yeah. It's Um, also the myth making though. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, yeah, it's true. Giannis does lie to the media, that could be totally false. No, no offense to Giannis. Giannis myth makes to the media. I'll put it that way.
2: Yeah. Jordan, if you got anything on your expectations of Chris or your thoughts on all of the Chris course.
4: Um there's a lot to unpack uh from both of you guys, and I think. I there, the as far as the, um, I don't know whether it's the Bucks way of messaging or anything like that. I think the key distinction in how you can compare the Brook and Kristoff is that Brook's injury happened this. Well, I, I mean, I won't, I, there, there's not like a pinpoint that you can make with the injury. He is missing game two of last year. And misses all this time, and there's nothing said about it outside of a 45 minute clip with Sham Sharania on stadium. Um, that, that was cuts, a total that, head fake. That cuts off when he's about to target or talk about <laughs> his target date. So I was like, does he say when he's coming back?
2: Now, John and, Horst cut the cord. That's
4: what happened. Yeah, right just, as he's about to like, say something, John Horst just um. So that was in season, Chris gets hurt during the Bull series we see a picture of him playing pickleball with a uh with a cast on his wrist and everybody's like what's going on why does he have a cast under his wrist it's blah 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 then sure enough i think it was woes that had the thing about like he's gonna miss the first few weeks of the season which that was the that was how i took it from the jump is that we're not gonna see chris it's not gonna it's not just a training camp thing it's gonna go into the season and considering that he was already dealing with um, surgery after his MCL injury and all this stuff like it's a very different thing when it happens in season versus the off season because guys get surgery all the time we're not even mentioning Grayson Allen had uh, there was I think it was during summer league or something like that where he had a cast on his wrist too Bud gets surgery. Jaron Jackson gets surgery every off season too. Like this stuff like just kind of happens and you kind of take it for what it is. It's whether it's going to be made public or whether it's going to disrupt um, people's ability or availability going into the next season, which obviously that happened with Chris. As far as the personal matter goes, I mean, it's terrible. We The thing that I keep coming back to when everything kind of came out um, through the Twitter sphere and then obviously him talking about it is that when you see these players long enough um played with one team, you see them go through all these ups and downs and tragedies and losses and stuff like that. It's part of what.
2: It's- the whole, and, and also the positive, because he and Giannis are the examples. Like we've seen them like, we've seen their partners come to be like a public element of their life. They have kids, all of that stuff. Like you get the full cycle, like of just yes. like, like knowing any other person for that period of time. It's like life happens.
4: Exactly. And we went through it when Giannis' dad passed away. I mean, this is a little over five, five years ago at this point. Um, When you see them play long enough and they're, you know, Chris came here, there's the second season, essentially, I mean, very little played in his rookie year, but like you see them go through all these things and seeing the triumphs on the court kind of mass or makes them bigger figures in your mind. And that's Chris Milton. That's Giannis Atacupo. That's Javon. Car- like all these things, you build them up, build them up, build them up, build them up. And then when stuff like this happens, it grounds you back down to earth and just like, these people are going through things and it's on it's whether they want to disclose this. And Chris is normally a private guy. Um, it's on them to disclose what they're going through if they so choose. It's, I don't know. I mean, we, this is a bad example considering recent events, but like I remember what it was like watching Brett Favre play his first game. His dad just died on a Sunday night He plays Monday Night Football against the Oakland Raiders, a very bad team at that time, has this game of his life. It's probably the game that I will remember him in a Packers uniform. And it was like week 14, a 17-week season, in a season that they didn't win the Super Bowl or anything like that. But you remember where you were watching him go through this very public um, affair of, of grieving your own father less than 24 hours after he died in this terrible way, far too young, certainly in Chris and Giannis' case as well. It's just like, I don't know. I think that's what, as much as I'm very excited to see Chris come back, it's, you're seeing him in a very different uh, state than you've ever seen him before because he's changed a lot. <laughs> Things have changed all around him the people that you know obviously have been instrumental in why he is the way he is, and why he's Chris Milton of Milwaukee Bucks fame, and all this stuff. And I was reading all those those anecdotes about his dad and how much of a uh, big figure he was in his life, and all the things about like the story of uh, the tree limbs like covering the courts where he had to shoot over them, and all this stuff, and prepared him to have to shoot over Giannis. That's what his dad was, shooting, was, yeah. was essentially doing. But it's stuff like that, like, you know, I think because this era is obviously incredibly special to all of us because they won a championship, but it's it's seeing these guys play for as long as they have been in a Bucks uniform. And it sucks. It's, it's incredibly terrible. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that something like this has to happen, but like it again reinforces these people are going through things. And it's, it's a lot to go through all the physical atrophy and just like the things that he had to do with his injuries and just coming back from that. And now you're adding a whole mental side of it where you're grieving the loss of your father and coming back to uh, action where it's, it's going to be different. You don't know what, how it is um, when you come back, but like, it's ultimately going to be different for him. And I think that's where, as much as I have been giving him, it, like Ty, I was not factoring it. I'm looking at the team for who the players are playing this year, or, or so far this year. And now with Chris coming back, you're going to give him a buffer zone because there's been a lot of things that he's had to go through, more than he's ever had to go through in his career before. So I think, as much as I'm very excited, this is my long-winded way of saying, very excited to see Chris back, but it's not going to be right away. It's not going to be like, Hey, that's Chris Middleton, two-time all-star NBA champion. This guy went on the heater of his lifetime in the playoffs a couple of years ago. It's going to be working his way back and working his way back where he's already done one obstacle and multiple other obstacles of throughout his personal life. Now it's okay. You're back. How do you get to being the Chris Middleton at your best when it matters the most? And That's what this season is. This is a long marathon, and it's not about (laughs) – it's not necessarily about how they'll be when he comes back and hopefully they'll beat the Lakers, blah, 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 blah. It's about – we have seen them go through all these long runs and long runs the last four years – throughout the Bud era. How can he get to where he can be or where we've seen him be when it matters most? And there there is also –
3: Real, you said something there real quick that oh. I didn't realize until I had to look it up. He said just how long we've seen Giannis and Chris play. I didn't realize Giannis is going to be number one, likely, on Bucks leaderboards for minutes and games played after this yeah. season. And if Chris comes back next year, hopefully, that's another day we can have this discussion, he'll probably be number two. He'll probably be... He'll probably, no, pro- not this season, but he should get to number two behind Giannis in both by uh, sometime next season. Giannis could be number one in minutes before 2023. He's like, like yeah, 180 it's... minutes away from Bob Dandridge. And he's 40, 40 or 38 games away from Junior Bridgman for games. So, yeah, he's. Uh...
2: That Junior Bridgman tally is not, that's like, that's not light if you compare it to franchise around the NBA either, that's not an easy one to go and get
3: 700 and, games. Just quick yeah. math. is like nearly 10 years. And I remember an
2: of being healthy too. You know, you've got a, that's yeah. obviously a key part of that. I remember years ago, like, and we all would have done it and kind of looking at those kind of numbers and writing articles tied to where guys could fit in. I actually think Tai you did a piece like really early uh, on like where probably no one should go out and seek this out but where Chris and Giannis might like fit into all time books, leaderboards by the time their career is finished. I don't know if if, like anyone could have assumed, Oh, well, they're going to overtake junior Bridgman, for example, and that that's something that is possible. I mean, Chris probably needs to uh, come back next year and for multiple more years to, uh, to make some things happen, but it's all very plausible, which does say a lot. And yeah, to your, to your point, Jordan, like, I don't know that is I like something I just could not could not wrap my head around the idea of you've had two relatively significant injuries you're trying to work your back up to condition to play at the absolute elite of sports that is a tough process in its own right and just as you're ramping up your dad dies and then having to deal with that and I have no doubt, like anyone else wouldn't have, that he hasn't fully dealt with that yet. That's impossible. But then take the time for that and then ramp back up and have all of that going at once. That's truly some superhuman type stuff. Like, that's that's really, really difficult. And I think if anyone is to try and imagine that, it's like, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe some people don't. I don't know if you've never had an injury, if you've never had anything. I've had injuries or I've had to rehab them and it wasn't to go and play in the NBA. And that is a challenge in its own right, and to throw something of that seismic scale in your life into there too, that is just a lot for any person. So I've the greatest admiration for him that it seems like he is kind of he's here. he's eager with a smile. he feels ready to books feel he's ready. I'm very excited to see him out there. but that is no small feat in its own right. So kudos to Chris, excited to see what he looks like when he gets out there. Uh, do we want to so like on that for you Jordan is there anything you're obviously cutting him quite a lot of slack and there's no need for high expectations but what would you like to see him do or this can be from what his role is from what way the books look to use him what are you looking to see from Chris on the court over the next kind of two to three weeks before we reach a point where it's like okay well he is back and whatever needs to be worked out needs to be worked out
4: I don't know I think that's that's the kind of Big question is <clears throat> I would assume we're going to see a minutes restriction um, or a, a ball. I would assume number. it's not a
2: very strict one based on how the books seem to go with this. Like, I would guess in the 20 to 25 minute range, they seem more yeah. interested in getting guys ready to like really play and yeah. lifting restrictions within like a week. I mean, I think that's been the case for most players in recent years.
4: Yeah. Um, and again, it has helped that he's been able to, um, I guess, with the wrist injury specifically. He was able to rehab his knee and ramp back up as a normal person. And then when you're going into, oh, I'm an NBA player, you can get your conditioning levels and all that stuff back quicker when, you know, you're healthy, your, your your limbs are working with your legs. <laughs> That's what I'm basically trying to say. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I really don't know what to expect in terms of his overall workload. Of course, I would like to see you know Chris Middleton, bucket getter, doing if it's late or close games late. What does he figure in crunch time? Because as Adam mentioned, we watched that Knicks game. It's been <laughs> There are some good things that happen, obviously the and game winner, but you're, as these games went along, and certainly the Bulls game was probably the base, biggest example. Um, we've seen games where teams are really loading up on Giannis. It's kind of like the when he's, it's five out, Giannis is at the top of the key. You're seeing a lot of zone. You're seeing a lot of walls that he has to go through. And it's on, like, it's basically just like a bowling ball hitting, uh, bowling pins that's what it was kind of like a lot um, now with Chris involved you get a little bit Giannis more off ball you get it lightens the workload for Giannis Drew, Javon um, George Hill even because he was to get the slack for like whether it's like all bench lineups or you know one starter in one four guys from the bench it's stuff like that that kind of just simplifies things a lot easier but that doesn't necessarily mean you know People putting putting people back in their like optimized roles, like with Grayson, where he's going to be more off ball. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be, you know, what we've seen of, of Grayson lately. That's been that's always been the biggest thing that we've talked about a lot with Grayson. Is like specifically with Grayson, where how can you get this version of Grayson to look like this when Chris, Giannis, Drew, Brooke are all on the floor? And it's very hard. This is, this is why it's not, this is why you don't play the game on paper uh, to, to be a middle-aged dad. Sounding. It's like, this is, this is why you go through all these games and all these things of like, of just seeing how people look playing together, these five-man lineups, how you experiment and all that stuff. So I think it's, it's going to be, it's, there's the Chris element to it, but there's also the residual element of, like, what do other guys, as you talked about, what do other guys look like and how did they perform now that you're not going to be seeing the ball as much, uh, ideally, when Chris is on the floor. you're gonna, It's going to be a lot of, you know, when the ball comes your way, are you putting it up right away or are you overusing the ball or overthinking or whatever the case may be? So, yeah, I'm very intrigued by it. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be seamless, but there might be nights where they just have a turning on all cylinders and it's like, this is the Bucks team that we've been waiting for so much.
3: <laughs> Todd, Yeah, I mean, I think certainly expect some rust early. I think you know, I just hope in the early going, it doesn't have to be full games, but like this Lakers game tonight as we record... Like, give me a couple of the Chris classic, like he's not really open from 18 feet and he just hits it anyway. Like that, I've been missing that so much. And he's one of those guys where it's like some of these shots, you'll see other players on the team, Giannis take, and it's, and Giannis always, every time I start to go, Oh, I don't, I want to see Giannis take any more threes. They don't make two in a row because he's Giannis. But you know, there's so many possessions right now that kind of just seem to like be a little aimless. And it's like Giannis or Drew just like puts up something. And in my head, I'm just imagining, like, take all those and give them to Chris and let him shoot, like, a fadeaway or whatever. Or off a pick and roll would be great. You know, more ball movement, more seasoning, which we have seen more offensive movement this year. It's stalled out sometimes. But I just want to see Chris in there to, you know, take on more of those shots and some of those possessions. And really, it seems like especially a second-half thing, I think, you know, Chris and Drew – or, excuse me, Giannis and Drew have – kind of in some second halves this year, been like, you know, we need to start shooting more now. Like it's winning time. Like we got this and they haven't always had this. Like I think the ball needs to move more, but I think having Chris will help kind of diversify even when they do get stagnant. Like it's, it's still not ideal, but it's like, okay, we're stagnant. And now Chris is in there shooting half of these shots. Okay. Like it probably will work out. That's kind of what he does. He doesn't really need to be open. I was watching Chris Middleton 2021 playoff highlights He's never open. He's like got a guy draped over him for every shot. It just doesn't matter. And that's why, you know, I'll have an 11 point finals game and then turn around and have 40 and swing the series. So uh, it's just all part of Chris Middleton's game, but I'm excited for just like those moments, even if, you know, in the aggregate, he's rusty and a little inefficient early. That's fine. Like, I don't, I don't care. Same with Pat. Like Pat hasn't made many threes. I don't care. And hopefully Pat can heat up a little bit because I do think, It'll be a little awkward if they like lose to the Lakers because Chris and Pat are one for ten from three or something. But I would still not care. Also, who cares? Still, like, yeah, I know. I mean, I want to beat the Lakers, but um, if Chris makes the one three, it's like okay, it was worth it. I I, I want to see Chris just make some shots and and just like move well. But honestly, that's the part I'm least concerned with, just because of the care they took ramping him up and the excitement. Now you can kind of feel from the org. They put out a hype video and everything about him coming back. Like I'm fairly confident that he'll be moving pretty well. Like I don't think they're going to put him out there and he's going to be like shuffling. So I I really hope that we just see him moving well, you know, able to able to hold out and be good on defense. And then just give me a couple of the vintage Chris moments early. And as he gets up to speed.
2: I think the one thing on movement The one thing I want to see, I have zero doubt that they've done the rehab right. He is fully ready to go back and play. Again, I will draw from personal experience, which is certainly not NBA experience, but from someone who has had knee injuries and has gone through and rehabbed and like being like, yeah, my leg feels great and been given an all clear and I've gone and re-injured that same knee very quickly. There is something about the psychological thing of testing that knee. And I do think that's even something that's interesting for Chris because the wrist then came along and that kind of limited him longer. I do think there's one thing for his leg to feel good and to kind of healed up. And um, There's another when he gets on an NBA floor and it's like, okay, where's my confidence at right now? First game back to go and drive. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Like in what ways is he going to test that knee out? Um, the wrist could be something where, yeah, that could lead to some kind of added rust and there could be some stuff where he's working out even with his shot there for some time, but I want to see him first and foremost, go and test the knee and have the confidence to do that. And if he shows that confidence, I think everything will be fine pretty quickly. Uh, But that's kind of, that's a psychological hurdle that I don't think as an NBA player, you're going to get over until you're on an NBA floor in an NBA game. And you're like, okay, it's go time. And my body is doing what I feel like it needs to do. It's responding the way I'm used to it responding. That's something I'm looking for. For a play perspective, I want the ball in his hands. But the ball in his hands, let's let Chris do a lot of playmaking. Because even if you're going to work out and it's going to take some time for him to get his shot back, let's say, it'd be great if that's not the case. But if there is any element of that or if it's kind of any movement off ball, less of a feature of his game in recent years, but still something that he does go to, if that's not going to be quite as kind of on his A game as he would usually be in those areas, Give him the ball. Let Giannis come and set screens, get them working the pick and roll, get drew off the ball a bit too, because drew has had to do a whole lot more. And I think getting drew into a place where he could do some more cutting where he could take some catch and shoot trees. We've seen him have some success with that at times. And um, that would be good too. And honestly, part of this will probably transition now into like, what can it mean for all the other players, the rest of the team, uh, Giannis's defense has been pretty bad lately, and I think that's kind of understandable because he's been carrying a colossal load for this team offensively. and it's... More
3: usage than Embiid or Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, um, which is <laughs> just wild.
2: Like, everyone has been talking about Doncic's usage all season and what he's having to do for the Mavericks. And it doesn't feel like that conversation has gone to Giannis at all. Giannis's defense is suffering. I think his effort overall... Um, the first half of that Knicks game, I mean, by halftime, yeah, sure, he has like 14 or 15 points, he gets there. But particularly first quarter, he was just passing. It's like there was no attack there, and that can't be how Yanis plays. So if you can save a lot of energy for him by, okay, you don't have to take the ball up the floor, you're not kind of moving, probing, trying to find spaces here, you are going to catch an attack. I think that will help him in a very significant way um and that's kind of something i want to keep an eye out i think chris still gets talked about as a very good defender plus defender in national sense we all see this i don't know if any of us truly feel that at this point i think neutral is fair good good physical tools that mean he, he can hang with tougher matchups but he is not the defender he was at 22, 23 years of age when he was a specialist, and that's what it seemed like his career arc would be. I still think his return could lead to the books improving defensively significantly, because I think Giannis is going to look better. No, and that that might take a week or so, but the, the books defense has regressed a little over the past, say, two, three weeks, which is, one, understandable, because it was absolutely insane to start the season. I don't think that has to be. I said that they're number one in the NBA. Um, I still, I think their defense can be better than it is overall right now. And I think it will net out as better than that. I think Chris could play a big part in that because if we can unlock Giannis to a point where he's closer to his best defensively, where he's got the energy to do that. And you've got Brooke doing what Brooke has been doing all season so far. It's just, it's game over. I mean, one other thing that then on the defenses we're pointing out, um, The books are with some I mean some mixed success failure. Lately, they're still working with embedding a new three-point defense. That's gonna be something new for Chris. Um, and we've seen a lot of guys have to kind of break habits and come to terms with that. It's gonna be new for Chris, that will be worth monitoring. But I am I I think it might
3: be the easiest for him to get used to given interior with his
2: position, even it should be.
3: Well, and they kind of turned his defensive role for the last couple of years has been like cover a shooter, and that's what he's excelled yeah. at. Honestly, he's been better at that than most anything. Like it's you know, you watch ball. him cover Duncan Robinson kind of guys, and like I mean, that's why they swept the Heat is because he just owned that mm-hmm. matchup. I mean, everyone thinks about the game winner, but after early in in that series, like he was just glued to him, and he's like weirdly good at that for a guy who like he look he's big, right? He's like six eight. He's not skinny. It's not he's something long. you would, I think, look at Chris, but yeah, he's long and it's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, he just gets really into doing that. So I think maybe that'll help with the defensive adjustment and just be like, yeah, you've done this in the playoffs before. Like, you know, just stay with your guy and Chris would be like, okay. I think Hopefully.
4: I have a theory on that is that that was what Chris was to start. Yeah. You know? I I mean, the whole three and D
2: he gets, to he gets drafted as someone who is probably viewed by the Pistons, although the Pistons didn't really view him all that highly, I guess, in hindsight. Yep. But they're probably thinking lockdown wing defender and then 3 and D if he's making his shots. Like, that was the profile, even when he first became a book.
4: Yeah, it wasn't necessarily, like, it's it, it's a far, the 3 and D label that that was tagged on to Chris, I think Daryl Morey even said it, like, way back when, way back when. Um, that was kind of erased very quickly, um, especially when he assumed more of a ball handling or leading. I don't
2: it's know, like that, you call January it. or February under kid, right? Where it he... was honestly
4: right before they traded Brandon Knight. You yeah, I mean, like it, it kind of changed that
3: season. Then for the two percent course... of people who watch the Bucks, that is. Everyone Boss. else has been saying it for ten
2: years since. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm even thinking of because that was one transformation. But 12 months on from that, the following season, when the books are terrible, they're so far below expectations and everyone's looking around being like, it actually, do we have anything here? What do we have? Chris had the massive month where all of a sudden you're like, yeah. oh, Chris is the guy. And then it's really a month later that Giannis became the guy and never looked back from there. But that was the evolution in terms of, like, Chris really changing his game, really being yeah. someone where it's like, Oh, you're going to give him the ball. Like to get the best of his offense, you want the ball in his hands. He is not an off ball offensive player.
4: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's why because he was put into that off ball role of you're just a shooter, you're not, you know, much of anything else more than that early on in his career. I think that's why he's very adept or adept at um chasing down guys like Duncan Robinson or um, I don't know, uh, like that 3-4 kind of forward that's really good shooters that can free themselves very easily off screens and stuff like that. And Defended Tatum
2: very well over the years. Like, that's a, but, that absolute superstar level guy that he's done a very good job of that on and one of the reasons why that series could have been different if he wasn't injured. Absolutely. And to, I guess, what well, then, is the next big question. So, what's the change? Does... Does Chris first and foremost, I, I expect Chris will be back in the starting lineup tonight. I don't think they will do even a one or two game off the bench. Does anyone I can't tell disagree I think, with
3: that? I think he may start, but I'm honestly not sure. I feel like Hmm. I don't know, because Drew came off the bench, didn't he? When he first got back last year when he was out for a while.
2: He did, but he wasn't out quite as long either. I don't
3: well, I don't know if that means more or less likely. I don't know. I don't get too fired up about it, to be honest. Let's. I mean, can we just skip the, the to the only?
2: That? Well, the only way that matters is you're trying to help Chris establish his rhythm and his familiarity as quickly as possible. Like it. It doesn't make a difference beyond that, except this is someone who is obviously a starter, has been a starter for years. So you're trying to get some guys don't like coming off the bench because they feel. Yeah. Coming into a game that's happening cold is something that throws them off and they're not used to it. Like
3: they've also but they've been doing this weird thing. Have you noticed, like they won't play a guy the first quarter, and then everyone's like, Oh, they're not playing like Pat didn't play the first quarter of his first game. And then he was like kind of in the rotation after. That. I don't know. I don't understand the I don't know. I'm not criticizing it. I just literally no, don't no, know. I know. Like I'm being honest, but um
2: I actually think so it, it no might idea. be nice to bring him off the bench, which this is not about nice, but I think given how long he's been out and obviously everything he's gone through personally, for him to get like the legit pop of being at the scorers table gonna come into a game of Vicer form. Yeah. I, I don't even I know just, if
3: they would I, I it wouldn't shock me if he just like started the second quarter. Something like that. I would close. not be shocked at all. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling on how they'll do it to be. Because I I, I, feel I, like I they're think they're he starts
2: it doesn't if he I mean, doesn't, he doesn't, but I do think he'll start. Yeah.
4: Same. I think he starts.
2: Although I think i sneak very, him in there. Yeah. Okay, so... It would so be very cool. The yeah. decision, then, to be made is Javon or Grayson.
3: And this I have stronger thoughts on.
2: Okay, we'll take it away.
3: I think Javon starts. I think it's just... I think it's an obvious... I mean, if you, first, if you look at who's more like for like that you're removing, we've talked about this many times grayson is the most chris-like player on the roster not in their overall skill or impact but in terms of what they do like grayson is the closest to chris that the bucks have had like ever really i mean like they're again i'm not saying they're similar in overall skill chris is better but in terms of their skill like what they provide for the bucks i think grayson is the closest and i think they really have enjoyed the defensive versatility that starting javon gives drew and then he's able to, when you're playing the the Celtics, or a uh, bad example because they have two wings, but the Pistons game, I thought it was the most obvious, where if anyone but Javon is starting, you probably need Drew on Ivy. And then you're in like this weird place with Cade, right? Mm-hmm. But because you have Javon, it's like, okay, you have a dynamic guard and a forward. We can put Javon on the guard and Drew on the forward. And then, you know, you have to work on switching. And again, you're switching to go get in that game, it was Grayson. Now, hopefully, Chris or Giannis, like, there's just no good options. I think they really like having, A, just being defense first, and obviously, Javon is more defense than, than Grayson is, and, B, like, there's, there's less bad options. And I think Chris and Grayson with the combo we just had about Chris's defense is just less solid than, like, okay, Chris is our worst defender. That's not to be mean to Chris. That's just how it is with that group. that's fine. That's a really good worst defender to have on your basketball team. Yeah, your
2: worst defender is average at worst, which is not a place most teams find themselves in. There's usually one actually bad defender in a
3: a fight. And Grayson hasn't really been bad either, but I just think having both then, there's just like – softer links in the chain, right? Versus Javon.
0: For sure. And I mean, also
3: Javon's offense has been really good as well. And I, I am, I'm hopeful that they, like, he didn't get that many shots against the Knicks. I'm hopeful he doesn't lose all shots because of this. I don't think so. I think it will be kind of hit or miss as it's been all season, but he's shown us he can do things offensively. I hope there's still some room for that. Um, but I, I think Javon should continue starting lean into defense. Cause we know we can trust that with this team. And I like going all ball handling, all defense and, you know, making putting four plus plus defenders, and then Chris, who's like, "Fine, I, I think I like that for the Bucks."
4: I'm gonna go the other way. Mm.
0: I thought
2: this earlier. I saw, I saw face when Javon Grayson conversation came up, and I was like, "Jordan Tresky's got a take cooking here."
4: I think, in part, probably from the moment that we started having this conversation. When they made the deal for Grayson, it was made with their starting lineup in mind. The ceiling that the Bucs can reach offensively, not defensively, but as Ty mentioned, Grayson's been quietly improved on defense as well. They went out with priority to get Grayson because of their starting lineup, because of their offense, because of the way that he is if he can keep this up when everybody's healthy and provided not would would that the bucks stay healthy. Grayson hits a ceiling that as much as I love Javon. And I think, I think, I think we'd all agree. Javon is probably the more steady option here. We know the floor with Javon in the starting lineup, what he can do for Drew, Chris, hell, even Giannis, when you don't, you're not like, if you're trying to preserve Giannis and, you know, I guess defensively, schematically keep him off on smaller guys that will kind of test his, his, um, I mean, it's Giannis, but it's still like on an off night, he might not have the effort there, or we mm-hmm. have seen that recently, I think Grayson for this team to work and to work in the way that they want it to work. If Grayson can't work in the starting lineup, it's why we're hearing all this Drake Crowder buzz. If he if he doesn't, if he can't, if he's not that fifth starter, it's honestly like the last move that they do is whether they're gonna trade Grayson for a guy like Jay Crowder or a defensive specialist, someone that can that they can look at as a PJ Tucker or um I don't know, like that kind of guy that they can slot in and be like, okay, we're gonna trust you to be the guy that can fill in the gaps around our core four starters and if they've given a lot of run with Grayson and there's been the, the highs and lows and all almost all of that has been without everybody being healthy together at the same time if it doesn't work I don't know whether Grayson could be a bench guy for them and you're kind of hoping that the confidence is still there when it's you know put up or shut up time and I I, I I don't know. I just I think it's very easier to look at at Jabon as like, okay, we know that you can you're gonna bring it whenever you're on the floor. You don't care whether you start or whether you are closing or whatever. I just think for Grace, like he is so confidence based. His role, it it's very like his whole game, it's very specialized. So the moment that you take him out of that starting lineup. And even if it's for Chris Middleton, that has a knock-on effect of like, okay, how does this change his game? How does he? How does his attitude or, or just confidence? Is it going to get reinforced or is it going to get shaken? And I think that for me, that is the biggest story for the Bucks the next two months because that is the move. If they make any moves throughout the trade deadline or up to the trade deadline. It's going to be based around Grayson Allen and his salary. And I I think that's why I'd be more eager to keep him in the starting lineup. Let's see how this works. Let's see how he can hopefully maintain his current form because he's been really good. I mean, we're, what, two games removed from him dropping seven threes in the first half of that Mavericks win? Just keep playing him. I I think I would have a different answer about this a couple of weeks ago if Chris had returned probably when – he was intended to before he lost his dad. But I, I just think this team, is their ceiling is dependent on if Grayson is the Grayson that we see right now.
3: Counterpoint, there are three Milwaukee Bucks who have started every game they've played this season. Grayson Allen is not one of the three. It's that a funny true. group of three. Javon? Yep. 20, one of the two players who started all 20 games. Brooke. I would have never guessed the other one. Yeah, Brooke is the other one to start all twenty. Giannis started all seventeen. Drew came off the bench once. Yeah, so he is not one of them.
2: Uh, I I agree with both of you, which okay. is wow. So you
3: really have became each other, Jordan. No, no, actually, gonna... Joe, you've just become Jordan. Actually, no, I'm
2: gonna... I think you're both right, but they obviously have a decision. I think Javon keeps the starting spot right now, but. Like part of the reason why Javon keeps it is because I think you've got to help Chris out and you've got to put your best defensive group out there around him. You've got to try and make it as kind of, I don't know. You've got to protect him a little bit out there. Grayson has not been terrible defense, as you said, but let's also not pretend Grayson's a good defender or that Grayson's going to give Chris a lot of security around them out there on the wing. That's not the case. So I think you, you start Javon for that reason. I am fully in agreement with what Jordan is getting at, though, in that the books have they they didn't get Grayson to be the bench guy, and they actually may need him less now to be the bench guy than they once did. Because if he slips out of the starting lineup and that's not his spot, I mean Bobby has I, I don't think been very good, and that's probably a different conversation right now, but you've still you've got no brainers like Bobby and Pat if they're healthy. They are in your rotation, and certainly as we get to the business end of the season, they are in your rotation. We're still pretending Joe Ingles doesn't exist until he does, but i I do think the reality is he comes back and he looks good. He like could give you what Grayson is giving you, but with some playmaking. And with Grayson that,
3: is on an assist tear right now.
2: Well, he is, but we Worth also saying, saw he's some of the, doing it. We watched together some of his interesting yeah. attempts to do that the other night. And I I don't know if uh, that's quite as smooth and silky or as repeatable as Joe Ingalls' playmaking has been over his career. But I I think that leaves the books in a spot where I think the fifth spot in the starting lineup might kind of change quite a bit over the next couple of months. Going I don't board. think... I don't think they're in a real rush to work this out. The Jay Crowder thing to me, uh, I still, I don't get it. And I don't really want it because is it purely that they feel like, because if, if it's like, you okay, we want a defensive minded starter. We want like what we felt comfortable in West Matthews being at one point, which obviously West Matthews is not now, because if that's what you want, you've got that in Javon. So do they want a defensive minded option for a matchup guess. that's going to require bigger and smaller, yeah. is that what we're? Yeah, I like, and I mean, and I think, I think how that then eats into your rotation for one or the other is interesting. Like, if it is that smaller matchup, if you find yourself in, I know the East doesn't really play that way, but there are some teams that you could have that. Do you have less need for Jay Crowder and like? I, I kind of like, okay, you're playing bigger, and you want to find a more solid defensive lineup. Trust Pat and give Pat more minutes. Pat is not that level of defender. Jordan hates that idea. Hates it. Like, he's never hated anything before. I, I, I just I don't... The other
3: thing with Crowder, and I just want to say this, because I, I, this argument that argument is made a lot. He scored more per game than Grayson in the playoffs last year, despite shooting really poorly. Like, he's not... I think there's this this tendency to say he'd be the P.J. Tucker or the Wes Matthews guy, and he would take on some of that role defensively. I don't think he's as good as those guys. He's also doing much more offensively than either of those guys have done for the Bucks. Yeah, but like he's in a We don't want him doing a that function. on a, on a Bucks team. I would like a player who can score points occasionally. I think that would be good in the rotation.
2: I mean, also, P.J. did t- enough. T- we're talking but... about a guy who hasn't played basketball in longer than – or as long as Chris by the time he plays basketball will be longer than what Chris had off too. Sure. like Depending what are we doing? Made, yeah. I mean, it's like I... a 32 year old who's just been sitting on the shelf as if like time is not precious and what's left of his career. I'm not crazy about it. He's a good player. I'm not going to hate it if it happens, but I find one, if that is really the route the books are looking at going, I think that's interesting. But Grayson is showing kind of what they would have wanted Grayson to show. And as we said from the start, and as Jordan kind of got there, the idea and what hasn't happened is seeing with the other four, like core starters, it's like, what does that version of your team look like? I don't think you do that right now because I think that's not going to help Chris. I can see them pivoting to it though. and that could be something where it's just like, Oh, Javon picks up like a, a knock and he misses one game. And then all of a sudden Grayson's the starter, but I, I do think there's gonna be room for them to play around with that. It's the kind of thing, honestly. I think we've talked about for a couple of years, but the books four main guys have never been healthy long enough that they can actually just do the experimentation of this let's is, look at options for the fifth guy.
4: This is not just related or contained to this era. I mean, this is Jabari, Chris, and Giannis. That one year, like sure. played eight minutes because Chris tore his hamstring, and then he comes the day that he the game that he comes back. Jabari tears his ACL for the second time. Um, to your qu- to your point, for me, Jay Crowder is a very real possibility because as long as he's available, he's always gonna be linked to the bucks. We already know that. It's more of the archetype that he represents of that 3-4 that they're trotting out Jordan Warren. I love the week that he was a oh, you know, no. real NBA player, but he so that fun. was it was very fun. It was it, you imagine things that you never thought were possible.
2: I actually missed that week. I got. I gotta own up. I missed that week. I was. You sick should that watch week. the tape. It was good. No way, Ty. Was... This is also
3: me saying this. I'm. I'm sending it to every GM in in the NBA too. Yeah. <laughs> Check out this tape. Check and out now, this tape. Now, now that now that Pat is healthy, Bud's like we don't want to ruin that. We don't want to no. sully that tape. We're done. War is not playing anymore. And now with Chris back, I think like all the Bochamp fun earlier. He's had the non-COVID illness. I don't think we're gonna see very much Bochamp either now that. Pat and Chris are healthy. The wing minutes are like zoop.
2: That's yeah. fine. Like this is a learning. Oh, yeah. I'm season not. I'm not, mad. That I'm not mad
3: about it. I'm just. And that's I, where on, we're at.
2: On the war thing, like I did see all of that happening while I wasn't in a condition to watch games. Like, oh well, that's clearly happening. And you know what? I don't care because one week does not change the fuller picture of what we've got yeah. at this point. It's like he needs to be doing that in a way where Bud is like, there's no way I can't play this guy. And he's gone for months and months and months, which I don't That's think is like, possible. Hey, sorry, anymore. Jordan. Sorry. Yeah, was, yeah go ahead. We oh. brought Jordan Wars week into this? And that was.
4: No, I think the, the overall archetype that Jay Crowder represents of that three, four that they don't really have beyond Giannis. I'm going to throw Bobby in there because they don't really play him as a 4. They want him to be that in those big lineups as a as bo- big small lineup so that makes sense where they're switching and they're having Giannis and Bobby as the front court and all that stuff. They just kind of need another guy that can plug in those gaps and as much as I would give the benefit of the doubt to the, to Wesley Matthews, we know that his shot can come and go and whether he shoots is kind of the bigger question because when you're playing those lineups and you can rely on him to cover Jason Tatum when you don't have Chris Middleton it's a lot when you're wanting just people to shoot it and just kind of play their role and and do all the things that you do as a role player that is not glamorous by any means but it's what makes you it's either you're the Wesley Matthews or the Grayson Allen last year, or you're Pat Connaughton and be like, Oh my God, I remember when he hits those Mike Breen shots forever and the finals and all that stuff. So I think that's what it more represents for me. And the nice thing is that again, Joe Ingles does exist, but until we see him play basketball, it's nice to not think of him as, Oh, just wait until he's Joe Ingles. Because again, as we are talking about with the Chris conversation, that's giving a lot of benefit of the doubt to a guy that's an old, on the older side, is coming off an ACL injury and has rehabbed for a while. Even though I would again give the benefit of the doubt to the Bucks medical team, but and
3: also they, just to add, I think people
4: for kind of forget
3: he didn't look very good before the injury. Yeah, best. he was kind of. And it's a short sample, but it, it he didn't look like, and that's kind of why. I mean, they traded him post injury, but like the Jazz were kind of I think looking before that because. He was not doing the stuff I think that they had hoped. So again, yeah. not it's short sample, I'm not ruling out that he's gonna be good again. I just think it is it's a long road back to being pre that season pre injury Joe Ingles for him.
2: Yeah. But I, I also think the key thing on that, and this is I felt this from the start of the season, is and when all this like the trade rumors and crowder and that kind of comes up early, it's like, oh, the books are in or the books are looking, books aren't making any moves until like late January, February. Boom. They, yes. they will see Joe Ingles. They will. He will be back. Yes. And they will get a feeling for what he is. Christmas and they will make decisions from there. Yeah, Christmas so it seems. Surprise. We're nearly there, Jordan. Don't worry. Um, But that is like, that's a key factor in it too. And I do think they'll want to work out one way or another. Like, okay, let's see Grayson. And let's see Grayson. In, let's see Grayson as a starter with those guys. Let's see, can Grayson work out a way to keep this going off the bench? Like, if he can do that. I think Javon has earned the right to get first look as the fifth starter. And I think it's the way that makes the most sense for balancing everything you want to work out with the books right now that he keeps that spot. Then I do think at some point they need to just... If Grayson is on a tear still off the bench and he can just kind of get to grips with that role, that solves its own problems. And I don't know even what way you're looking to make deals. I think the Crowder thing too, like that is also... You got out of there. I always, I've been, you know, I've been tired with a certain brush on this. So I'm always reluctant to do it. That's a reflection on Bobby. Like you, you got to it too. And it is the idea of like, if he was a four and a four day felt comfortable with having it to four, that changes things. He's not. um, And having a version of the starting lineup that is so like long defensively. But even at this point, like, can Chris play the two?
3: I don't think, I, I don't think Crowder starts.
2: Personally, I think if you're trading for him, you could end up with a PJ Tucker-esque situation come playoff time.
3: Well, I mean, if someone gets hurt and you need to start him, that's no. Fine. But I,
2: what I sure, mean, that's the only
3: reason uh, that he started. I think. I mean, it's been debated. I don't know. Right?
2: It's wait. I I think we might have got there. That's why. Eventually. That's
3: why it happened in the way it happened. Yeah, we can agree. On the that. circumstances. That's true. Rose. But I,
2: they might have got there eventually. That's that's where I'm at on that. Oof. I don't know. I just I think, I think Javon is the answer right now. But I am in agreement with Jordan that they need to see Grayson either work out. And if Javon gets the nod and Grayson works out at the bench, well, that answers that. And then you have your choice of okay, is this player as valuable to us as player X that we could trade for? But they yeah. will want to work all of that out. And Joe Ingalls is the next piece in that discussion too. Like he is the next player. That they are going to come. If Joe Ingles comes back and looks good, like we talked about it from when they signed him, he could be something that unlocks their offense in a completely different way. Where there could be times where they're like, "Like Joe Ingles is our sixth man." Do we have moments where we're like, "Yeah, this game we want him in there as a starter"? I don't know. Like there, there are different. That fifth spot is really the big question mark. As long as we can keep the other four guys on the court and not have questions <laughs> over that. Which that's that's the key thing. I think we'll have a lot of fun talking about all the options they could have with the fifth spot, um, assuming everyone stays healthy. So great to have Chris back. Let's hope that stays that way. Um, Jordan, you have a new uh, what's going to be an ongoing series. It seems like it's not entirely in our control. I mean, Elon Musk's Twitter is a factor in how long this series runs for. The willingness of this person to just download an archive. To just keep it's just true. pushing out absolute fire that's we'll gonna see be if he
4: joins mastodon
2: yeah we might have to get him on mastodon uh but do you want to explain to people what, what we're gonna do here what what they're gonna hear maybe not everyone is on top of this i it had struck me that actually a lot of books fans don't necessarily know who this person Maybe is. Maybe
3: not everyone is on top of this. Is the biggest understatement of the year. There are ten people who will have any remote idea who this person is, much less the fact that he's active I, on Twitter.
2: I see that makes me feel really you, old. You, well, yes, yeah, I know. But like, also the
3: fact the fact that he's on the it's not like this is a super publicized thing that this that you have to understand the average Bucks fan I don't think could name. You're saying more they don't than, know all
2: the assistant coaches.
3: I don't know if they would name one. The average yes, no, not, ben, the, yeah, not
2: the not ben, the average listener, think, the average Bucks fan. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think post Darwin, Darwin is probably someone who Darwin
3: was Vin, pretty recognizable. Ben, Ben, though.
2: Ben, Ben, yeah, okay. But
3: I don't. But would they know? It's it, but it's a former. Would they Bucks know he's player? on the staff. Well, yeah,
4: I, again, I get that. We're
2: old though, Jordan. I know
4: that's also true. <sighs> it's a shame that like you know like. They would have this with teams. I'm sure they still probably do this, but like yearbooks of like, this is the Bucks of two 2019 20. I don't know why it's the media
2: guide does that, but obviously that is the media guide. It doesn't go beyond. Yeah, and the Bucks
4: that. erase media guides because they don't want anything outside of this man giving all the state secrets. I'm talking <laughs> about right. Mike Dunlap, Bucks assistant coach Mike Dunlap. He came has law.
2: just just for. Everyone listening, he's grabbed the see. mic. He has picked his microphone up off the table. He's, Sorry for the he's just holding it for this. It
3: reminds me of like when you're in a car and you're you're on the freeway and you need to make some moves, like put take it out of cruise control. I'm taking this over. He's he's full, out fully in control now.
2: This is a new tool in Jordan's Arsenal. He's been going through this one, I don't want to say very often because he he doesn't want to overdo it. Clearly, he wants the effect, but he's he's been turning this lately. Pretty often I've seen playbacks. him pick up the I'll yeah. play it back too. People on Playback will have seen it, but he's picked up the microphone.
4: Um, I put it back down cuz I didn't want to ruin the levels. Anyway, <laughs> I have long been fascinated by Mike Dunlap's Twitter account. He drops these very specific Let's deris- Let's give
2: Let's give who he is. Let's yeah, sorry, just sorry, in sorry, case sorry, sorry. again cuz we're going to assume that according to Ty not everyone is like us, which just truly shocks me. But Mike Dunlop is an assistant coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Bud added him to the staff.
4: 2020, 2021 when Ben Sullivan left? Yeah, well, no. the championship was season else was his first that? year, right? Who would have left? Someone did leave, and I can't remember. Because he came on when I believe his the press release for it was he came onto the staff at the same time that Josh Oppenheimer came back, too.
2: Yes, that's right. So Mike Dunlap is someone that a lot of people have now stumbled across the Twitter account, which Jordan is going to give us a guide to. And they're like, is this real? Does this guy actually work for the books? This was the Charlotte Bobcats head coach for uh, a not so glorious season in 2012 to 2013. We could, you know, patch in Andrew Snyder to give more on that. It was not the Nadir of the Charlotte Bobcats. They were 21 and 61 under Mike Dunlap's watch. But he, this is a former NBA head coach, He's coached successfully in college, has coached successfully in Australia, who is um, an assistant coach. And he has come up in articles over the last year as one of, I guess, the more prominent voices in the room, if not necessarily faces on the bench, I think is a, a good way of putting it. His prep work, wasn't that something for playoff games that was highlighted in a multiple of occasions that he had some really interesting ideas which I'm not surprised based on his tweets. So, Jordan, <laughs> quick, I'll hand it off we to get you. There.
3: No, no, no. We, I want to give some credit to that Bobcats year that they won 21 games. He made NBA history that year. That tripled their win total from the previous season. They were seven. Damn and 59. right. Seven and fifty nine the year before, and actually they started seven and five that year. That's so a long Mike Dunlap, season.
2: Though, so it's m- seven and fifty nine. It is. So it is. But he. We're matched not dealing their- with apples and apples here.
3: He matched their win total in 66 games in 12, 12 games the next season. I just, you know, hey, it's good coach, proven yeah. winner, D2 national champion twice, <laughs> at Coach Mike Dunlap, by the way. We never actually said his at, uh, Dunlap with an A, at
4: Coach Mike Dunlap. Jordan, take it away. Um, I know Marcus Johnson's also, to, again, giving you a little bit more background. He's also talked about how, uh, it was around the time of experimenting with zones and switching because that was obviously a big, big thing going into the championship year. I believe that was a big reason why Mike Dunlap came onto the staff and why Bud identified him as a person that he would want to be on the staff. So, again, kind of that thing that, you know, let's just say it was kismet timing that he came to Wonky. dare I say, willed the Bucks to a championship? Who knows? On to the matter at hand. Mike Dunlap's Twitter account is amazing. Uh, I know a lot of people, as Adam alluded to, have come to it recently because he is dropping some newsbreaker. I want Woj and Shams. This is my plea right now, but I'm picking credit. up the microphone again. Credit Mike Dunlap, please. He beat you to it. Fair game. That's that's how reporting works in 2022. Um, You credit the guy that broke the news story, and Mike Dunlap was there. Yes. Does he know this knowledge firsthand? Yes. Yes, he does. Do the Bucks want him to make this knowledge known? Probably not. But we um, we appreciate him for it. Um, but when he's not dropping little whispers and rumors and stuff like that, he has these very specific um, – he's a very niche tweeter. Very distinctive. Um, very distinctive. You will recognize a Mike Dunlap tweet from the moment you see it. No um, one else tweets on like po- Mike
2: Dunlap, except maybe Drill. One live on pod, yes. by the way.
3: There is a 33-minute-old tweet There is uh, I, I see on that. this account. Yeah. Oh, man.
4: It's less um, bizarre than normal, but it's still,
3: it's still good content.
4: But I feel like we need a new segment on here. Winning Six is always about reinventing itself, changing, rejuvenation. I'm calling this segment Mike Dunlap Tweet of the Week. Are you ready? Are you ready, gentlemen? We're we're ready. We're
2: ready. As
4: ready as uh, as ready as we can be. Um, there were some good ones because this it's what spurred on. <laughs> he's pretty um, active. Like one of he's two day, very man.
2: active. That's the other thing. He's he very tweets active. Much more than like Jordan and I combined.
4: Yes, yes, he does. And very, it's very back to back. You could tell he's been on it. Probably a he's on the team
2: playing or something. He's waiting to. He's just
4: exactly, or he's at a Starbucks waiting for his. You know, state secrets not,
2: everywhere i don't know if the books know about this maybe we shouldn't be highlighting it
4: well <laughs> whatever the case may be he's giving us gems while the website is working while the bucks know that he's he's scurried off to a starbucks and has twitter access i there are some contenders here maybe maybe this is controversial we're already starting on a controversial note but here we go mike dunlap tweeted at 1 58 p.m december 1st 2022 Finish lines, blow them up, erase from mind. Yep, destination is part of the deal. Yet finish lines. <laughs> yet finish lines will stop you dead in your tracks. Instead, once you get to end of chapter, comma weird space. Line Keep break. reading. It's a line break. It's a line <laughs> break. Keep reading. Keep going. Notice that thing as full stop unless you pass. Reset button, so important. Onward.
0: That yes. is a banger.
4: There's an absolute <laughs> banger, Mike Dunlap. Thank you very much. So that's your for the inspiration. The that's your tweet of the week. I this is my plea and my push to, I just ten minutes. We're gonna talk. I want to talk to Mike Dunlap about his Twitter account. I want to know what this man, what he prioritizes in making a tweet. What is his What is his mind? His thought process behind crafting a tweet like that. What is the inspiration? Whatever the case may be, Mike Dunlap, you're my new inspiration. Thank
2: you. I think we'll work on that. That might be more attainable than you think, because clearly he's just doing stuff without consulting with books like media people at all. Uh, he's giving so much more than like that is the thing to highlight. Do, do you have Do you have the the Ingalls tweet I referenced or when what day was? Oh like?
4: yes, yes, yes. I can bring um, that up right now.
2: And Chris, like, so when Bud is like. Doing the classic bud, just batting back questions day in or day out. Mike Dunlop's in the corner of the room, phone in his pocket, and he's tweeting out gold.
4: I have it. Box slash Mavs, boil down. Both teams shot three ball, and therefore no lead save. GA percolating at magic level, which is an amazing phrase. Yeah. This tweet was snubbed. <laughs> this tweet was snubbed. GA yeah, percolating I- at
3: magic level is one of the best things I've ever heard. I red, think that might be red. my
4: new playback caption. <laughs> Bl covering paint and rim. Jh slash JC smothering D. BP middle game as nasty as his post up game. Notes PC coming back. KM close. Ji Xmas <laughs> surprise <laughs> and pucks. <laughs> It's, it's the initials that just kill me.
3: He's got a save space. He's got a lot to say, the punk-
2: He's one of this the most is... interesting punctuators I've ever seen. His use of punctuation is fascinating. My pick for I... Tweet of the Week, what I think has been snubbed, is Can he co-tweeted a Tim Tebow. Uh, what he was playing for the Mets, which
4: is even Mets,
2: <laughs> Mets spring training or something. Are you um, ready? So, okay. Can I read you wanna- it?
4: I Um, don't know if you're going to be able able to.
2: I was going to try to give you a break. I'll (laughs) I'll read the Tebow. The party's quoting. I'll read first to give you a second to gather yourself. Uh, So this is from the count called The Winning Difference. And it's a quote Tebow's giving in this clip where he says, you're going to have people that will tell you you won't, that you can't, that you shouldn't. Jordan has lost it. (laughs) Most of those people are the people that didn't, that wouldn't, that couldn't. Succeeding or failing isn't making it to the bigs. It's not having to live with regret because I didn't try. Mike Dunlop quote tweeted that with, "Are you are you good to take this or will I do it? I'm
4: ready? But there's a there's a tripwire that I see right here that is going to make me lose
2: I'll take over if you just smother your laughter if you lose it, and I'll try to. it. Okay.
4: now maybe some losses. <laughs> Eyes of the dark, moving closer. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll try to take over.
2: Now, maybe some losses. Eyes in the dark, moving closer to the campfire.
3: Wait, wait, wait. Note the colon. There's a colon there. Note the colon. You're disrespecting.
2: Colon. Colon. Owls hoot. Comma. Quotation marks. You are done. Full stop. Period for American listeners. Jealousy's reckoning Poland. Oh. Sitting there like tree judges professing cowards' bravery. I mean, we're laughing because one, it is hilarious that a books assistant quote is tweeting like this. But that is evocative imagery. This these tree owls as like this this court oh of God. judges, they're judging you. They're telling you you are done, Jordan. Which I can't confirm looking at you, you are done. Uh, how is that not? Is that not Tweet of the Week because you couldn't get through that? Is that you were afraid? Yeah, to I, was,
4: I was very afraid of not. I think it was also, I didn't know if we wanted to include the context of him quote tweeting a clip of Tim Tebow <laughs> while he's fighting for the Mets. Um,
2: it's all yeah. like, again, to people, go check it out, go scroll, hit follow. That <laughs> uh, coach Mike Lap. Even like, uh, I'm scrolling back here, I missed the time that he weighed in on. The ladder Giannis and Yanis on the ladder, which is something happened in the episode. He did. Yanis onto the Koopa on a ladder incident. Meant no disrespect. Storm in a teacup. Long run. And when you're a champion, people look for anything and everything to assail. Facts.
3: Giannis, Habits. Wait, oh.
2: Character. Giving time and money, which is always just a dollar sign in Mike Dunlap's tweets, to others. GA Elite. Right on, young man. Eyes up. My God!
3: Where where did the where did the where did it start? Did he quote tweet something, or did he just talk about it?
2: What the latter? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he actually shared the Yannos ESPN article with that.
3: Oh, okay. I thought thought, when you said said where did it start, I thought you meant like
2: Mike Dunlap's tweeting. I was like, look, I'm not prepared to answer that question right now, but by next week, I probably will be.
3: I think we have more research to do. Because yes. he's on multiple platforms. Is so he, one he one on of his the tweets. He is on the gram. One of his Are you tw- I think oh one man. of his tweets sometimes we should let others speak to the point we want to make. Listen up as Jimi Hendrix expands on losing focus and hunger as compliments and money come your way. Success, especially early success, can be a monster. And the link is an Instagram reel of Jimi Hendrix talking. I don't know how else. It's not a quote tweet, it's just a linked Instagram reel. That he shared on Twitter. So he must somehow be accessing Instagram, too. Here's
2: what I like from November 9th. We're we're really getting too deep here now. yeah. Body language starts at home. Colon. Standard line across America. Comma. Quotation. You keep hang-dogging it with that lower lip, and I'll give you something to hang-dog it about. End quote. (laughs) Competition. Love it when opponent drags around. Comma. Wrinkled up like a prune in the hot sun.
4: Oh my god.
3: <laughs> I I do love and I hope he's not done cuz I think it's been a couple games now. But I love that he he often summarizes Bucks games in tweets. Yes. And it's just fascinating to see like what he comes away with. Has, he
2: hasn't done it since the Mavs game where he was probably told, "Hey, can you not tell everyone that English Granted, there there's only Chris one was- game.
3: There's just yeah,
4: been these- since
3: the next game. Well, we'll have to um, check tonight. I hope there's a new one tonight.
4: Yeah. That, this so you, is the magic that we're going to unleash and hopefully leads to an interview with Mike Dunlap about his tweeting habits because... This do we think he's less bad.
3: likely to come on after we laughed at the tweets or more No, uh,
4: I, like we're not laughing no. at the, the... No,
3: no. He,
2: he's so verbose, but he's also... He's trying to work that into a tweet in a way yeah. that is very uh, funny uh, yeah. and that is not easy to not... do. Like I would read a book. By, he's really by trying hard. And he seems like you look on YouTube as I did just before we started this. It's like coaching clinics everywhere. And clearly he's someone that has long been brought in. And again, from what we know and from the ideas he brings and the way he speaks, like he's clearly really good at this. It's just fascinating to see someone who likes to speak to put themselves forward like that. Try to make that work on Twitter of all platforms and he's a books assistant coach. And the books don't like anyone saying anything. It's, no. it's an incredible combination that I think all the context that makes very, very amusing, but it's, it's not t- taken away. The, the L's the, the L's. that's an amazing image. I, I'm going to start. Did I lose licks. my mind laughing when I read that tweet? Yes. Does that take away from the fact that's a really strong piece of writing? If it's not, yeah. Like if you're not having to use the ampersands and dollar signs and initials, you know that's. Yeah. So I this respect. is all together makes it hilarious, and the punctuation like if, if you, too, which is just like, how many sentences can I get into a tweet? Is part yeah. of what he's doing. Yeah,
3: if you picture it as like a, a a speech at halftime in Hoosiers, it would be like just excellent. But you're right, compressing it to Twitter, surrounded by everything else on Twitter, it just makes it hysterical.
4: I am going to start saying, like, when Drew just, like, locks down, like, a guy being like, Owl's Hoot, you are done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what uh, Michael Jordan said to George Gervin.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he hooted yeah. like an owl you and said, done. you are done. Was there anybody nicknamed the owl? Which is a, that's a pretty good name. I think it's Mike Dunlap there. Yeah. He is.
3: Jordan, are you going to uh, buy his uh, coaching DVD I just saw?
4: No, because it's not on Twitter. That's that's the You're other true. thing. We yeah. need a Twitter, we need a, a book. So do, do you need... want him to actually
2: come on the pod? Or do want, you want yes. would you prefer like a back and forth on Twitter? Like a like an AMA, but on Twitter where he has to work
4: no, his topic to tweet form? I don't want to disrupt what he's doing. I don't want to make it. well, this is probably I am simultaneously making it this way. I don't want him to be self-conscious about his process. Of
2: yeah, he may it. not like to talk about the process. This is this is something that's common with artists.
4: He's an artist.
2: I know that's what I'm saying.
4: This is art. I'm making the the gabagool gesture right now. <laughs> this is art. <laughs> Mike Dunlap brings us art every day, and please follow him at Coach Mike Dunlap. Um, yeah, this is, and we're get, this is a new segment. I make I made an executive decision. We're doing this every week until he's on the until he leaves the staff. He's followed by
2: forty-seven people that I follow.
3: I found the Instagram. Doesn't it's seem not like best. it's not basketball. He
2: well, does share. Po- he does not write poetry.
3: Out, I'm not airing it out. He okay. does write poetry. Does Last write poetry. word, inevitable. Nature's force swallows itself. Comma ending the squalor boom that's it oh it's my shared God. as a note it's a screenshotted note and the caption on ig is perhaps but yeah it's not it's not normally basketball stuff um uh, it's a lot of that nature is exact- it's is nature it Mike is this it uh well jordan aired it out yeah we just is. said, it's said we weren't gonna account.
4: air it out sorry uh let's ex- cut it cut it for the oh we <laughs> went to a packers game yeah, he had a Lombardi um, uh, tweet. That makes um, sense.
2: All right, I think we've in terms of podcast road. I think we've special run out person here. precise. The, the owls of podcasting are definitely judging thing. us right now for what you we're doing. You are done. So we are, we are done. done. We are done. That does it for this episode. <laughs> uh, as always, thanks to all of you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Eurostep Podcast Network for all episodes of Win and Six. If somehow you aren't already, I'm sure you're going to do that now to get your Mike Dunlap tweets of the week and every episode. You'll also get each episode of the Eurostep with Ty and Rowan Cuddy on that same feed. Elsewhere around the Eurostep podcast network, we've got Cruising for Bruising for all things Milwaukee Brewers. A new episode dropped last night, grading the Brewers infield for last season. We've got Talk of the Tundra for all things Green Bay Packers. New episode dropped yesterday there too, Jordan, right? You and Numak were on top of all things Packers ahead of the Bears this weekend, right?
4: The Bears. true. That Bears.
2: And also subscribe to Make Time for this, our podcast for pop culture and other things, and other things being the, the operative part of that at the moment because we're covering the World Cup. So the World Cup group stages will come to a close on Friday. We will record immediately after it, have a review of that a preview of the last 16 games including usa netherlands and we will have that up immediately so that'll be there for you to listen to early on saturday or whatever else over your weekend you you choose to check it out so that's all things gspn go to gspn.info you can get the details on everything you can get in the discord if you've forgotten over the course of this long podcast Go back to the start. All the details for how you can enter the giveaway for that herd sign. Basketball is in there. I'm at Adam McGee 11. Jordan's at Jordan Tresky. Ty's at Ty Windish. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Ty.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Jordan.
4: Thank you.